This is Bloomberg Surveillance. There is a longer-term issue here, and that is that markets, both stocks and bonds, are priced to deliver very, very low returns. We look for cash flow. We like companies that generate cash, and that, to some extent, ends up in the dividend. We're already seeing, actually, a slowdown in terms of foreign investment into the U.K. You can see clearly in terms of M&A deals which are coming in. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning. I'm Karen Moscow, along with Tom Keene and Michael McKee. And some of the stories we are following this morning, Home Depot posting first quarter profit that topped analyst estimates, and it raised its earnings forecast for the year as Americans continue their home improvement spree, providing a bright spot for the retail industry. Shares are rising in early trading. They're up a tenth of a percent. They were higher earlier this morning, so they have been trimming their gains. Futures this morning, they're little changed. S&P E-Mini Futures down a point. Dow Emity Futures up one and NASDAQ Emity Futures up three. DAX in Germany's up a tenth of a percent. Ten-year Treasury, little change, yield 1.75 percent. NYMEX crude oil, little changed, up two cents to 47.74 cents a barrel. COMEX gold up 80 cents at 12.75 an ounce. The euro, dollar 13.22 and the yen 109.52. The Aussie dollar, 0.7325. Tom, good morning. Karen, good morning. Good morning to you. Uh, lovely to you. Uh, here a data check and some of the movement there. Yen 109.50 gets my attention. I'd also watch Renminbi migrating, uh, a weaker Renminbi over the last uh, few days. Bloomberg surveillance this morning worldwide brought to you by Invesco. Looking for investment views, experienced experts are just a click away. Go to Invesco.com slash US to subscribe to the Invesco blog and follow at Invesco US. On Twitter. Right now we're going to follow Torsten Slack. He's been with us for much of the morning with uh, Deutsche Bank. And I, I guess one way to go here, Torsten, within a broader conversation is when does the U.S. economy click in? Mark Zandi's been an optimist. He'll be with us uh, later. There are others looking sub 2%. I'd say there, there's a consensus somewhere out there. But the real issue is on the margin, when does the American economy click in? Are we there right now with that jobs report of Friday? I think the important thing to remember is that the growth at 2% has absolutely not been spectacular, but it's not been bad either. And I think that many in markets are looking at 10-year rates at 175 and are concluding, wow, if rates are so low, that must mean that the U.S. economy is unhealthy. And there's certainly some imbalances still that we're working on. But broadly speaking, what we need to remember is that 50% of treasuries are held by foreigners, and it is those foreigners and the outlook for the rest of the world that's been a very important reason why U.S. rates continue to be so low. So if I bring up the five-year, five-year bet on inflation called the five-year, five-year forward, just as a basic idea, and the answer is that's a pretty low rate, right? Does that signal disinflation set by the market? It's come back a little bit since February, to be honest, but does it signal disinflation or an actual successful reflation? Well, I think that people look at this and then wonder, well, does the Fed have things under control? Are they about to create inflation? But if you think about this from an output gap perspective, if you think about it from a full capacity perspective, the dual mandate of the Fed is to get to full employment. And you should not expect to see inflation before you get to full employment. When you get to full employment, you start to see minimum wages go up. And this is exactly what we're seeing. Minimum wages go up at the corporate level, minimum wages going up at the state level. And that's why this pressure combined with the dollar now falling is expected to push inflation higher. This is also the Fed's own forecast. So it is only when you get to full employment that you should expect to see inflation. 
I, I mean, within that, and I guess it goes back to Phillips Curve and Frank Pesch at the London School of Economics, the invention of the word slack a million years ago. Does the Phillips curve and that model of inflation dynamics and job dynamics, it's still in place? I think absolutely so, because the very important thing exactly about that discussion, I should say, is that in the Phillips curve, you have an inflection point, And the inflection point is when you hit full employment. A less complicated way of saying that is that that inflection point is when you hit the unemployment rate at which you have full employment. And by the FOMC measures, this is slightly below five. And that means that we are now at five. So we are closer than we've been for many, many years to that full employment point and therefore to that inflection point when you should start to see inflation go higher. But markets have not been uh, viewing inflation as a risk for quite some time and you've not been paid if you thought that there was inflation coming. But it is actually pretty clear in the Fed's own forecast. I think that's why Rosengren and Evans, some of the more dovish members of the MC, are now saying, well, you know what, we are actually getting closer to that inflection point. So rates will be going up. I'll go that particularly with Charles Evans of Chicago. He's had a, a, a shift in where we are. How does that game play into June and July meetings? Also, I know you can't talk about Brexit with Deutsche Bank, but I'm sorry, there's a small event at the end of June, which is sort of like Y2K. Well, and on, on top of that, you also have that uh, even the June FOMC meeting is actually, as you say in your question, the June FOMC meetings, it turned out to be an event now because the market is still discounting. This is saying uh, they will not hike rates in June. And we don't think that they will hike rates in June. But the fact that so many FOMC members, including Lacker yesterday, basically said, well, there's a very strong argument for going in June. I still think that the, the discussion uh, continues among the FOMC members. This is a really, really important thing for markets because the market is assigning a very, very low probability to rates going up basically anytime soon. But I think the FOMC is trying to tell us, hey, guys, there is actually a good case to be made for the economy reaching full capacity and therefore for us hitting our dual mandate sooner and than you think. I go to the Bloomberg here and, and go what Mike McKee memorizes, which is the speech yeah. calendar for the Fed on this May 17th, Williams and Lockhart team discussion with Politico, and then the newly minted Kaplan of Dallas, well, he moderates, Mike. I mean, moderation's not going to get uh, President he's, Kaplan of Dallas in trouble at the Midland Petroleum Club. I think he's leaning in the direction of hoping to be able to increase. As a matter of fact, we're going to be talking with Jeff Lacker on this program, on our, right here on our show on Thursday morning, so we'll get uh, more of his feelings about it. But uh, I think Torsten's right that um, a lot of Fed officials have been telling me, you know, we've been disappointed in the way the market has reacted to what we've been saying. We're trying to tell them that rates are going to maybe go up, and they're not listening. Is that a reflection of a problem for the Fed? Have they lost credibility? Well, a very important input in this discussion, if you type WIRP on your Bloomberg screen, you will see that the probability of a Fed rate hike is still in the single digits. And that's, of course, at 4%, a very, very low level relative to where the FOMC speak is at the moment. So I think that there's certainly an enormous arm wrestle going on between the market saying, ah, you're not going to be able to hike rates, and the FOMC members saying, hey, with our economics framework and our full capacity and our inflation outlook, we actually do believe that it's time to hike rates sooner than what markets are pricing at the moment. Is that because nobody listens to the rest of the Fed and Janet Yellen is the only one that matters. 
Well, I think she's, of course, really important, but the challenge for her is uh, to get the consensus together here. I mean, she needs to uh, literally get the band together to do something here that markets are convinced by. Uh, the nightmare for the Fed, obviously, would be if you have too many dissents. Uh, so I don't think that will happen, but I still think that uh, it's a huge challenge when some FOMC members go out and say very clearly, we think there's a strong case to be made for hiking in June, because that's not at all what markets are pricing at the moment. Tom Janet has two speeches coming up, May 27th and uh June 6th, I think. So we'll hear from the chair. Every word will be massaged. What is actual progress right now? I guess Friday we saw actual progress with the jobs report, didn't we? And retail sales also is a very important issue that the, the consumer is uh, now not as bad as we had feared. And it does make sense if you think about in yeah. the consumption function on the right-hand side, you have jobs, you have wealth, and you have financial conditions. And all those things are very supportive of consumer spending. So it makes sense to expect the consumer to come back here. So over what the have you quarter. shifted at Deutsche Bank? What, what, what have you done to a, I'm going to call it a 2% call? I, I would say that the main thing, in particular for the Fed, but also for the economy, the main thing really for the outlook continues to be this talk of war between is it domestic U.S. conditions that matter or is it conditions abroad? Because the outlook for China, Europe, Brazil, emerging markets is just not that great. So therefore, for quite some time, we'll continue to see a talk of war between U.S. fundamentals slowly grinding higher and getting better and better. And on the other hand, we have the rest of the world falling behind and only catching up ever so slowly. Yeah. I've had my Wheaties, Michael McKee, so I can look at the dots chart. <laughs> I'm strong enough to look at it now. Torsten, have you seen a time when you and your colleagues across the industry are more divided over where the economy of the U.S. and the world is going than now? I think there's almost a gravity model here that uh, the, if you, the further you are away from the U.S., uh, the more worried you are about the U.S. outlook. And mm-hmm. that says a lot because we're quite worried in the U.S. So that means that uh, when I travel around the world, both in Europe and in Asia, I meet a lot of investors that basically have the view that uh, the U.S. Right. is having some fairly significant challenges, mm-hmm. both structural but also cyclical headwinds that it has to deal with first. Torsten, thank you so much. Torsten Slack with Deutsche Bank. Most interesting discussion um, this morning as well. Mike, I want to give Michael McKee a shout-out. Can I do that, folks? Uh-oh, what did I do wrong this time? You, you killed it <laughs> on Home Depot. You absolutely killed that comp sales view, and then they outdid you Yeah, well, an even more optimistic view. The interesting thing about Home Depot is, is it's, it, much of it is an internal story. They're running a good business. Uh, housing yeah. has been good, but they're running a good business. Home Depot. When was the last time either one of you was inside of Home Depot? Uh, uh, about a week ago. There's a Home Depot in our building, John. I know that. But they don't, they don't, unlike others, they They're don't have lumber. lumber. Either, yeah. They don't sell lumber. So. No. It is the middle and of you, New York Tom? City. <laughs> He's never been in one. Ken Langone once chastised me. <laughs> chastised me. Futures at negative two. This hour of surveillance brought to you by BMW Mount Kisco. Visit BMWMountKisco.com. Here's Michael Barr. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Today, voters in Kentucky and Oregon will head to the polls today for primaries. Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton has been putting in time campaigning in the bluegrass state in what could be a competitive race against Bernie Sanders. Meanwhile, people are still talking about an ugly moment involving Sanders supporters. They are accused of throwing chairs and making death threats against Nevada Democratic Party Chairwoman Roberta Lang at the state party convention over the weekend. At least 16 people have been killed in an explosion today in an outdoor market in Baghdad. Police say a car with explosives had been parked near the market and up to 45 others were wounded. 
No one has claimed responsibility for the attack, at least for now. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom. And Michael, thanks so much. Kenneth out on Twitter, John Tucker, suggests Macy's ought to start selling two-by-fours. I could see that. Up the wooden escalators. Macy's, two-by-fours. That's your business plan for today. Only on Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by your Tri-State BMW Centers. Visit them online at tristatebmw.com. At BMW, they make only one thing, the ultimate driving machine.